Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. This is Old School. Brought to you by Sand Hills Global. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome into Old School. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We're halfway through the week, even though it feels like we should be further. It's a weird week with the extra day off, but we're making it. Welcome into Old School, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. DP's here, Jay's here, I'm here. Hit us up on the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarger Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. And join us in our conversation of everything, almost everything. <laughs> everything <laughs> encompassing. Yeah, well, we were trying to, to uh, I think, spillover led me into a space where um, they were talking about, due, due to their interview with Wisconsin's uh, beat, beat writer, that the same questions can be asked about Nebraska. Everywhere. Wisconsin. Right. Or Madison, Lincoln, um, Iowa City. Maybe not so much in Minneapolis because they have their quarterback and running back coming back. Yeah. Right, and they had some really good young receivers that were able to kind of do that. But defensively, um, up in Minneapolis, I know for a fact because I was just up there, obviously, for other reasons. But just kind of, you know, reading this, you know, Star it doesn't take Trib- long before the local information hits you. Well, it's on the news in the Star Tribune, you yeah. know, and and they have some they have some big question marks on the defensive side of the ball, um, and they really kind of started to play decent late, but they lost a lot of guys, so. Um, because they hit the transfer portal. Three guys across that front that played actually pretty decent, you saw in the bowl game, um, are gone. Um, and then they lost a, you know, a few guys up front, but they were able to hit the, the portal. And Minnesota's kind of like Wisconsin. They kind of do what they do, and they got big old iron range guys, and they just kind of get in and try to push you around. So there's a lot of question marks across the West. And, and look, as much as we talked about the main four teams, right, that we just mentioned, don't sleep on Northwestern. Don't think – that Pat Fitzgerald is just sitting back in Chicago Man. eating Chicago dogs and thick crusted pizza and drinking beer and going to Cubs and in, 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 in games and in, in Bulls games and not trying to get better. I mean, he's like, he's not, he's not, he's not idling. Yeah, he's, he, like, Dublin he, matters to Northwestern too. Right. Well, Fitzgerald first, does not Fitzgerald, have two it, bad years in a row. Northwestern football matters to Fitzgerald. It matters to the coaching staff. They know they, even though they knew going into the season, if you kind of like listen between the, the lines or read between the lines coming out of the Big Ten media days, they knew it was going to be a down year. Because what people don't understand, as great as props that Northwestern got, having two first-round picks, having guys get shot in the NFL, and losing really stalwart players of – like just take it de- defensively, right? Um, they, they lose 42, right? Um, I call him Little Pat Fitzgerald because that's what he looking, literally looks like. Yeah. That guy has started since the day he's been on campus. All Big Ten type of linebacker, 
a, star, a guy that when they run spring drills, off-season workouts, fall camp, leadership, you know, meetings, team concept meetings, how do we get better, guy that you, you know, go to for his, you know, his perspective on how to, you know, win is gone. He's a guy that you counted on to kind of essentially coach and lead that one side of the ball that Pat Fitzgerald kind of knows really well. He is gone. The other linebacker that wasn't, he was like an undersized linebacker, kind of strong safety, he is gone. So the two leading tacklers are gone. Guys that kind of could erase. They had a decent defensive lineman. He's gone. Then they lost a really good defensive back to Notre Dame. But don't think that. And that's big. And that's huge because he was. Brandon Joseph. Pretty really special, you yeah. know, at least at a young age. So you got to think that Pat Fitzgerald isn't going into this offseason. Okay, we're going to stand Pat. We're going to have another, you know, really bad season. He's trying to do whatever he can do and develop and have guys in to step up and change schematics or concepts concepts in order to beat teams. And you saw a little bit of it late in the season. You know, after that butt whooping that we gave them, they, even though when they were losing, they were playing better. So they're taking that positive type of play into spring and ramping up the pressure. So don't think that Northwestern or these guys aren't going to be able to challenge because they're going to come up and bite somebody in the butt this year. Hopefully it's not Nebraska. Um, and and so it, it's a wide open West, which is which is what you want. Um, I think it's it sets up really well for Nebraska to be successful. And so I think they will be successful. It's not drinking the Kool-Aid. I think that, uh, and I said this last year, I think the true – and this is not taking shots at anybody. I think the true, in, and I call it intrinsic leadership, guys that really want to, well, the true, I'm just going to say this, the true intrinsic leadership was waiting and boiling and kind of like manifesting himself itself with the younger guys. You get what I'm saying? Um, and then you had, and so I think now is the time to see it. You get what I'm saying? And, um, well, I mean, it's now until so you're, you're you're under ninety days, right? And and people tend to to throw focus starting, you know, August one. <laughs> right? you, you're winning the first quarter of your games. Just say your first four games, right? You're winning that through spring and your first part of your off season workouts. Like, I mean, they're they're at it now, right? And the work that's being done either provides information or doubt. Right. Individually and collectively and, right? and holistically. Yeah, sure. Right. That as 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 Casey Thompson maneuvers his way through June and July in Lincoln, Nebraska, he's also taking it on tour. Like he's taking receivers and going places to work out with other folks to get some different other, other skill sets. I mean, you got to listen here. This is do everything. This isn't show up every Monday and do the same thing. Right. It's show up every Monday and let's work on something to get better without, without forgetting what we need, what we did to get better last week. So it's, that's why it's more. How much can they do? I don't, I mean, I don't know the rules, but I know that, I know that, um, I'd be very surprised if they can't if 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 a quarterback, a linebacker, a defensive lineman, defensive end can't say us three are watching tape twice a week besides of whatever we have to do team wise. 
And I don't think there's a restriction on what players can do themselves. The okay. players themselves can do whatever the coaches right. can. So it's up to them. In this time right now, the coaches can't be with the players. But, sure. but that's the leadership we're talking about, is that if Casey is taking receivers out and they're putting in work. Now, remember, it's a limited pool of, of, of information that Casey can work from because he hasn't – this is all new. Like, he's got to find out from Sipple – I mean, from Whipple, <laughs> that's funny too. Uh, from from Whipple, what it is that he's going to try to accomplish in in in, in this offense, and then Mickey Joseph and what how that transfers to receivers in that space. Those meetings, while in between recruiting trips across the country, and with life in general, this offense has to figure out what its personality is going to be long before August 1st. Is oh, that yeah, is that I, fair to say? Yeah, I, mean, they, I mean, this is – I mean, the identity is – you know, that's kind of like a word that gets thrown around because of, you know, you're going to be physical, you're going to be multiple, and, you know, all the kind of catchphrases. I think what you're getting at is who are we when we wake up every morning, Right. Are we guys that just only do what we need to do on that sheet right there that Rico has? Okay, you know, say our workout has 10 exercises. Mm -hmm. Are we the team that once that 10th exercise is gone, we're out of here? (laughs) Or or are we a guy, are we a team and player um, that is finding something else to, you know, we're trying to do time and a half on that sheet? Maybe not the same exercise, but try to do something else to get better. Are we somebody that's welcoming? And, And who's the guy on the offensive front to do that? Offensive Jer- line, Jer- yeah, Jergens is gone. There's got to be all of them until I mean, and everybody's looking. This is what people really think. Like they have this concept of leadership of like a guy that's just going to be like a yeller and and going to say something to us three, and then all of a sudden we're just going to decide we're going to run through that wall. Like that 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 does need to be there, right? And there, but there's different type. You need the guy that's going to hold everybody accountable. You need the guy that's going to be there to encourage you. There's going to be a guy that's going to have to know how to push each other's buttons. But when you have a leader that kind of encourages you or moves you to run through that wall, you already were 90% there. You're not 10% there. Then all of a sudden Rico gives me the Newt Rotney, uh, you know, pregame speech, and I'm like, okay, I'll do it. You just need somebody to get you from 90 to 100% that, to get you to believe running through that wall is, is for a bigger purpose than that yourself. That it's worth it. That right. there's that a payoff. Right. And Sometimes so, you just need somebody to validate it because you have that feeling, but you don't think that you can be the one to step up well, and say well, it. Well, you, you want to know what the best way to do it is? You want to make sure other people are with you. Is if, you're, if, you, if you're doubting or kind of waiting in the, you know, the pause mode, it's like almost like at the, you know, in the airport – when you're just third in line to take off, mm-hmm. okay, and I'm the first in line to take off, well, I'm going to go up and reverse, and we're going to go through this bad boy together. So the next time that I say, Rico, I need you to go through that wall, we've already done it together. So I'm not going to ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking you, and, and I'm not going to hold you accountable to something that I'm not holding myself accountable to, to even a higher standard, or better yet, if I'm not doing it, then you need to be like, dude, you, you know, you're slipping a little bit. Because sometimes, even from a leadership standpoint, you spend a lot of time of, you know, encouraging and pushing DP, holding your hand and bringing you along with, you know, kind of maybe I had to ream Jake and Sip. 
then that you're kind of like, okay, well, where's the time for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Or what, maybe I'm not able to do my stuff. Well, that's what great teams are, are made of. It's, it's called, I call it friction, okay? It's called in-house friction. It's like a family, right? You, you talk about, I mean, everybody has siblings and stuff. You guys fight like cats and dogs. But once you go outside of that house, you better not mess with Rico because if you, get, if you mess with Rico, you're getting me too. You mess with DP, you're getting me too. And then once you kind of do, and then that's what I'm, I always say it's really important. I can't even tell you how many different times, even though we couldn't cook a lick <laughs> when I was in college, that we would be over at my house. And I remember Jason Peter and Grant Wisham, those, they lived right around the corner. We'd pop in on them. And I never, I never forget walking into their house, and they, they, they looked like some Neanderthals. It was Jason, it was Jason. I, th- I, I don't know. I, mean, I know it was Jason, and I know it was Christian, and I think Grant. And they lived in a three bedroom apartment. And they and and I walked in their house, and they just had, must have just grilled steaks. And I swear it looked like two cows had been eaten with baked potatoes. You know what I mean? And they were just there, but we popped in on them. And, you know, it was all my roommates, and we had another apartment with another guy. But we popped in on them. Door was always open. Kicked it with them. But that it's that camaraderie, right? So when – if, you know, I worked out in the morning. I had a little job up there at Gallup. We went through – off-season workout, and then we're, it was a big day to hit, you know, the legs. And I'm like, already done. He's like, no, we got some more because we're in this together. It's not easy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Football is one of those sports that you practice 90% of the time. And a lot of the time, 90% of the time is not fun. What's, what's fun about carrying around, it seemed like when I played, like 20 pounds of equipment, well, you did have the biggest shoulder pads ever. Right? That's true. And, and that helmet is like, got to be. Well, anyways. <laughs> and in 90 degree heat and probably 90% humidity, running around, running into Joel McAvicka, Joel Wilkes, the pipeline. And what's fun about that? It doesn't sound fun. It's at all. not fun. But for the better purpose but of the really team. Is. It, but it really is. I mean, you, on but Saturdays. You, but you got to find some way to compete. And you right. got to find a way to make that interesting. Right. You got to make that productive. Right. And, and that's, not, what, that's why they easy. say a loud defense is the best defense. So it's. I mean, this is a huge time for the team. This isn't the this isn't the time to relax. This is the time actually to crank it up, because in, I don't know what how many days we're out. Eighty six. Uh, Eighty six days. We keeping score for real, like for real. This isn't spring game where we're out there and kind of going through the motions, and it's all kind of like a celebration of what we the hard work we've done right through the spring, and kind of for the fans. And then you get a little break, and we come. Look, we keep them. This is for real. This is do or die here. Not, and I want to take that back. This is for real. We're playing for keeps. It, it, this is a big few months for Be, this program. This is where and you got to de- 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 develop the mentality of when I when when we show up to camp, we're developing the mindset as I'm punching first, and I'm punching last, and I'm punching every single time in between. And it's not going to be nice. It's, it shouldn't be fun. It, I mean, within reason. Yeah. And it's going to be hard. And we're going to embrace it. And it's going to suck. But what I always tell you young athletes, being good at something or great sucks. So now you just have to decide what type of sucky you, sucky you want to have it. You want to have it to be bad where you kind of be like you don't put in the effort and then you deal with the regret? Or do you want to be like, hey, we're going to make the best out of it? Because there, there's also, I always say the 
there's two types of pains, you know, regret, you know, that you don't put into work, you know what I mean? Or dealing with it. Right. And the, the pain of regret weighs way more than dealing with discipline because the pain of discipline, it seems like ounces. The pain of regret is pounds and whatever is heavier than that. You carry that around for a very, very long time. And uh, if you can kind of just embrace the discipline part and the, doing the stuff that you don't like to do and kind of dress it up a little bit, mm-hmm. and even even if you complain the whole time but you do it, when it happens for you, it's fine. No, it, I, I, as I said, it, the, the spillover conversation put me in a place where I wanted to ask questions about where this team is. Do we know who the best 22 are? Do we think we know who the best 22 are? Can we know who the best 22 are? Those are all questions we will talk about. But up next, Rico. He'll let us know what's up. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.